And now, live from the De Silva Vineyards and Winery on the Naramata Bench, it's BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Our Naramata Escape is presented by Penticton Lakeside Resort. Everything you need to feel right at home. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Hello, British Columbia. Our province-wide summer road trip continues. This time we've touched down on the southern edges of the Naramata Bench at De Silva Vineyards and Winery. Silva, of course, owned by Richard and Twyla De Silva. And joining us now is Richard De Silva. We couldn't be happier to be here on the deck at this uh, actually beautiful little winery. Thank you. A pleasure to have you here. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to... Yeah, well, we've we've spoken to you several times on the show, but it's the first time we've had a chance to broadcast from here. And, uh, wow, you've nailed it here, Richard. Uh, it's a, exactly the right size. Maybe we'll just start with it. You've been around for a while. Your family's been around for a while on, on, on this land. Yeah, we've uh, certainly had a lot of history here. Our family has been uh, farming here since 1955. We're one of the first Portuguese f- um, families to, to acquire land in the Okanagan. And... Uh, both from Naramata and Oliver Nosuyas. Um, I was, you know, I'm third generation here now. I'm family, I was born and raised in Oliver, and uh, but uh, deciding to build the the winery here was kind of coming back to ground zero for us. So yeah, and your family dates back to the 1700s. They've been farming since that time in Portugal. Yeah, our, our family family has a long history with agriculture and wine, dating back to the mid 1700s that we can trace so far, and uh, certainly. Um, that that's paid off big dividends to us uh, you know moving to Canada because we already had that skill set yeah we knew how to apply that skill set to uh to the the, the region and uh you know it's been uh, certainly uh you know it's helped create a foundation to where we are today mm. and richard what was your first vintage and when was that yeah we started producing wine in in 2006 and uh we had started a, a vineyard management company uh, a few years before that, and um, the first release to market was in 2008. And that was called? Center of Misconduct. Yeah, that, that sounds like something you would choose. You're, you're kind <laughs> of a, a rule breaker. It, it's a very cool story because you, you, you created a brand to learn how to make wine. Is that, am I saying that correctly? Or, or well, to... I think it's part of it for sure. I think what we're, we're, we're kind of preying off of the kind of there was a fascinating um, thing going on in California at the time of these these virtual brands that had this access to these magical vineyards. Mm. And what we were trying to do is, I had access to these magical vineyards in the Okanagan. Our family has had a, a you know a, a storied uh, past with understanding where to grow these things. And I had a couple of industry friends of mine that were in both the sales and marketing side of it and a, a, a custom crush facility, one of the very first ones in BC. And the three of us kind of got together and uh, created this little brand called Misconduct. And it was, I was providing growing the fruit. Uh, a friend of ours was, was helping to make the fruit uh, into wine. And then a friend of ours was helping to sell and market it. Mm. And that comes back later on as to you know, how this and the kitchen eventually yeah. came about. 
Uh, well, folks, uh, you can tell we have a fascinating guest today on the show. Richard De Silva is uh, the co-owner here at De Silva Vineyards. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to delve into this property, the history of it, and the wines that are coming out of here now. And one of the most interesting and perhaps unheralded, at least in Vancouver, uh, places to eat on the Naramata bench. All that and more coming up next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And we'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. Hi, I'm Jessie from Black Hills Estate Winery, inviting you to celebrate 21 years of premium winemaking with the estate release of our 2019 Nota Bene. Led by winemaker Ross Wise, our team's focus is on organic viticulture and minimal intervention winemaking. This summer, wine club members will enjoy member-exclusive wines such as our 2020 Rosé and our infamous and rare Carmenere. For more information on the perks of membership or to book your visit with us, go to blackhillswinery.com or check us out on Facebook and Instagram. The Cowichan region of Vancouver Island is ready to welcome you to a perfect fall getaway. Here you will discover BC's oldest craft cidery, 14 wineries, as well as breweries, distilleries, and agricultural and culinary charms like a perfumery and tea farm. A short drive from Victoria and only 10 minutes south of Nanaimo, the Cowichan region offers majestic forests, quiet beaches, farm-to-table restaurants, and tours through history that will leave even the most curious curious for more. Visit tourismcowichan.com. As someone who is starting or adding to their wine or spirits collection, you recognize your choice of a reputable supplier is paramount. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offers buyers a safe and inexpensive way to initiate or enhance their collections. They're experts in the field, and all of their offerings are meticulously sourced from private sellers across Canada. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. Taste the flavors of the season at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Their heated patio is open with more space for you to dine safely. So come enjoy a menu showcasing ingredients from their on-site culinary garden. Pair your meal with a new release Summerhill wine for an extraordinary organic experience. The flavors of the season are in abundance at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Online, summerhill.bc.ca. Now, back to our Naramata Escape from De Silva Vineyards and Winery on the Naramata Bench. Presented by Penticton Lakeside Resort. Everything you need to feel right at home. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Hello, British Columbia. Welcome back to the beautiful Naramata Bench in De Silva Vineyards and Winery. Uh, our province-wide uh, road trip this summer has taken us all over British Columbia wine country, and none more special than the Naramata Bench, uh, sort of mid-valley in the Okanagan. Uh, Richard Sil- De Silva is our host and owner of De Silva Vineyards, along with his wife, Twyla. Richard, uh, why don't we start with uh, what you're farming, where you're farming. Let's sort of set the stage for people to 
get an idea of. Yeah, we've had because the, you're a farmer. <laughs> first and foremost, yeah, that is definitely our uh, our claim to fame. I guess you could say. I think the uh, you know one of the advantages that I that I think we we possess is the really kind of intrinsic knowledge of these these t- different terroirs from our you know long uh, you know history of farming here. Mm-hmm. And what I really kind of liked was the, or what I really fell in love with, was the kaleidoscope of terroirs and the possibility that we started to focus the right variety in these right sites, the p- potential wines, not necessarily for the region, but focusing certain varieties and certain terroirs yeah. and, and kind of seeing what the possibilities once there was that focus yeah. started. Which, which wine people think they sort of discovered terroir, but y- your family was growing fruit everywhere. Did that give you an insight into, you know, peaches here, cherries there, or, or apples or yeah, whatever? I mean, uh, it, there was kind of everything from ground crops to soft fruits like peaches and cherries, including and including vineyards. My family worked, so one of their first jobs in, in, in Canada was at the Shannon Pacific Monashi Vineyards on the Black Sage Bench. Oh, yeah. So there's a long connection to uh, to the different unique uh, terroirs in the Okanagan, and uh, that has helped. And we have nine vineyards that we farm. Uh, they're all what we call specialty vineyards yeah. that are specialized in a subset of grape varieties. I think it's you know it's not really something that happens in the old world or anywhere where you can have a, a an estate that grows a dozen grape varieties. Amazingly, that does, that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world, and you and the Okanagan is not special that way. We also are kind of limited by the reality. Your site, your particular state, will specialize in two or three varieties possibly, mm-hmm. but there will be another place, another terroir, that'll do better at a certain variety. And what we really do is leverage the our family members and and, and our you know farm and growers that we've worked with for for decades in identifying these sites to create the best possible. Uh, conditions from the from the vineyard to to express those varieties mm. in, in the best possible light in the context of the Okanagan. People, of course, wine people want to know what your ethos is, or you know, what are they making at De Silva? So, how would you describe? Because you have uh, such a nice variety of things, how would you describe what you're you're, you're doing here for uh, in, in the way that uh, the wines that you're making at the moment? Really, we're really passionate about wines of a place, and I think the Okanagan is for me is this kaleidoscope of unique terroirs and i think what what the silva is is this is this place that is showcases those unique terroirs very openly mm-hmm. there's a bit of a of a of a habit with wineries being fixated that oh i don't want to talk about non-estate grape varieties if they're not grown on this particular property i think that's one of our greatest advantages is being able to showcase that and say here's right. the possibilities and having a, a, a central location to those vineyards that can pool from these different locations, these different uh, experiences, and, and create a unique portfolio of wines that are interesting. You yeah. know, I don't like just drinking a particular wine. I don't like just drinking. Do I. <laughs> yeah, I like the variety in that. Yeah, and I've talked to a lot of my counterparts in the old world that are fascinated by that. They would wish that they could actually be able to do that. Yeah. And I'm saying, I can do that here. I like it, you know, bold red in some instances. I like a crisp white wine in some other instances. I like, uh, you know, all sorts of different things in between. Why not do that if we have the the the, the marvelous ability to be able to do that? Sure. I mean, so that's kind of where we're, we're you know where 
Richard, what do, is it difficult to make a decision when you're going to plant? Like, how difficult is it for you to do that? Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think it, it, it always knew if there's no history there. And I think I've always, you know, kind of talked about, you know, really pooling our family's history of farming and kind of using that and trial and error. It really is a trial and error. I think there's no possible way in BC that people can say, well, we now have all that knowledge here. It, that's going to take generations to nail it perfectly. Mm. I love that journey. I am that first, second generation of, 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 of winery in this, in a brand new wine region that's starting to create that focus by defining these different vineyards and these different GIs and talking about what I'm growing there whether the wine is the very best possible there, we don't know that. History will, will prove that somewhere, you know, long after I'm gone. But I think the discussion needs to start now so that we can eventually get there. Well, I know you have some foreign friends in the Valley, but uh, what do you make of people who come in and consult, uh, you know, only been in the Valley for six months or a year or whatever, and they're trying to tell people how to make wine? Or what, what, Is it a good thing, a bad thing, or just the I, way it is? I, I've, I've always found it rather odd that there's a, uh, a tendency for wineries to bring in foreign experts yeah. to consult on how to do their vineyard in the Okanagan. And I, I find that kind of odd. We have generations of farmers that have been farming here that know this land better than anyone else. They've, they've done it. They've learned from the mistakes. There's nothing familiar to this area that's like Bordeaux. There's nothing f yeah. in this region that's like... The, uh, you know, the Rhone or any of those or places. Or Burgundy or some <laughs> other place in the world. And yet you have someone that can, that's supposed we can come in here in, in, in a week or two, land yeah. in here and say, this is what grows here. And I would reverse it because if I took you to Bordeaux and you started telling them what to do, they, you'd be run out of town almost yeah, immediately. I, I think it, it would be preposterous. I, I, don't, I don't understand <laughs> why that's the case. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, the, the talent is here. We need to pay, pay attention to that, and that's what we pool on. You, you, you said that uh, it's a piece of cake growing grapes. Can you explain that? Well, yeah, I mean, I think uh, coming from a background growing soft fruits, it's a technically a lot more challenging uh, agricultural product to grow. It's, it's completely, a, a, you know, the inputs, the management of it is, is considerably more difficult than growing grapes. Grapes in the Okanagan, it's dry. We don't have disease pressure. We have the perfect temperatures. Yeah. Uh, sure, we have the cold seasons on either, like every other wine or grape region in the world. But, um, you know, the, 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 the location is, is almost ideal for what we're doing. And yeah. whereas soft fruits, every pest and rodent and everybody else on the planet is trying to get in on your crop we don't have to manage that in grapes so it's it's a uh, from a from a technical perspective grapes in the Okanagan growing is far simpler than than dealing with uh, tree fruits i think tree fruits and cherry and that's why some of the best growers in the okanagan now are people who were formerly cherry farmers and and peach growers love it well, we we love that you've done fruit growing and that that's your background. Where do you go from here? Continue to learn. Uh, we're we're at the, the Okanagan, and I am certainly at the infant stage of of, of where of, of of our learning curve. Uh, we're doing some fantastic things. I think we're making some, you know, great world class wines. 
but this is early days for us. There's a lot of learning. I'm constantly learning every year what what I should be doing, uh, what I should be growing. I, there, that just doesn't happen in a couple of vintages. It, it's going to take decades for us to maybe a century to figure that out. And I think but you know one thing that you have aced are your labels. You have the most beautiful labels in the Okanagan Valley. Uh, definitely shows our, our we've been inspired by by the old world and a lot of what we do. I have a I have a strong respect for the history and, and and what learning from that history and how it applies to what we're doing here. So it's definitely Definitely, our labels are tend to go in that direction because that, to me, is the is the is the gold standard of uh, of where you know where we're learning from. So, yeah, thank you very much. We're, it's been the, it's been all us internally. We do all the artwork ourselves, and uh, it's uh, and they're beautiful. Thank you. Uh, well, just to wrap this segment up, uh, you said it perfectly. I've often heard that you know the only thing that we're really lacking in the new world is the transformation of information from generation to generation because we haven't had enough. Yeah. So that uh, from other people in Europe said to me, when that happens, then you know all things are possible, and and that's coming. But it's, you know, it's going to take take its time. Well, I think we should. Re- I think wineries like like uh, here should just relish in the, in the journey where we we have no stringent regulations. Yeah. Holding us back from experimenting what with what we're doing, we should relish in that in that learning curve, and, and 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 sometimes just step back a bit and just go, wow, you know, we've come a long way in a short time. Yep. Um, and not be afraid to make mistakes. I mean, it's, it's it's where we're at. Our guest is Richard De Silva. He's the owner of De Silva Vineyards and Winery, along with his wife Twyla. And uh, we're, Richard's coming back, and he's bringing a chef with him, Abu Adami of the Kitchen, uh, a very special spot that we're going to delve into in the next segment here on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And we'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Whether it's in the tasting room or outside on the spacious rooftop patio with a gorgeous view of Okanagan Lake, the Therapy Vineyard tasting experience is one of a kind. The tasting room is open daily, reservations required for groups of six or more. Need a little long-distance therapy? Sign up for their fully customizable wine club with 15% off therapy wine, 20% off select rates at the inn, discounted shipping, and more. Sign up today at therapyvineyards.com. Clos du Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of BC's Similkameen Valley, Clos du Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The result? Wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at closdusoleil.ca. Free shipping to BC and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles. Hillside Winery is here to serve you, BC. We're offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, 
Ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We want to make getting your favorite Hillside wines easy. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca. Now back to our Naramata Escape from De Silva Vineyards and Winery on the Naramata Bench. Presented by Penticton Lakeside Resort. Everything you need to feel right at home. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Hello, British Columbia. Our province-wide road trip continues. This time, we've touched down on the Naramata bench at De Silva Vineyards and Winery. Joining us now is a co-proprietor, Richard De Silva, and he's brought along Chef Abu Adami of The Kitchen here on site at De Silva. Chef, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to have you here. Thank you. Very nice uh, to see you. The Kitchen, did you guys work hard on that name, or how did that, uh, how'd that come about? <laughs> Just a couple, maybe half an hour before we opened the doors. We <laughs> <laughs> stood around yeah. in the kitchen and said... We had the kitchen, and we have no clue, and it is a kitchen, and it's at the Silva. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> Those are the best kind of places to eat anyways in the kitchen. So That's let, right. Let's start there. with. Uh, so people say, well, what is it? What, what are you cooking here? How would you describe the food at the kitchen uh well when we started me and richard talking about uh to open a eatery that's how we yeah first of all talk about it even better eatery. so um uh richard is the, the portuguese background me mexican and uh that's where they came idea uh, to start doing tapas um and at the same time obviously i'm not portuguese or at that time didn't know much about the culture so i took the um to the, the tapas but with my background there is that's where the Mexican flair comes from. And uh, that's how we uh, started slowly working on it. The first years, like I said, I didn't know, have no clue. So <laughs> they were fake tapas. <laughs> they were fake. What's and, the and difference between Mexican cooking and Portuguese? Um, there is, there is a similar similarity in be- between both cuisines. Uh, obviously, uh, Portuguese is a lot of uh, seafood-based yes. uh, cuisine. And obviously, we have our distinctive uh, spices and um, uh, n- uh, peppers, and uh, those are the spices that makes it diff- the the two cuisines different. Well, what does tapas mean to you? Tapas, it's basically the tacos for the Mexicans. Yeah. So it's an, a quick, easy, friendly, social uh, food that you can do at any time. And uh, um, as a tapas more than a, Mexi- a taco, you, you can believe drink that? with wine. Do you believe that, Richard? That's a tapas. Yeah, I, I, I think it's. Uh, I, 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 we, you know, Bull's always very kind of uh, humble about it, but he had, he'd already been, ex- uh, you know, doing that um, the, the top of plating and and expressing that cuisine in his um, his former um, restaurant. So. I think what we were trying to do is is, just, is meld those two cultures. They're unique, but they're they're similar. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, the tapas for me was the way I love to eat. Uh, and he also, you know, expressed, you know, we, we like eating that way. We like having a meal and trying different textures and flavors. Um, so that's kind of what was the the impetus for what we're doing here, for sure. So. And why should people choose the kitchen at De Silva? Why? Yes. Uh, I think people would like to have more of an interactive, as I said, social, uh, fun experience where you can pick and choose what you can eat to the pace that you would like to eat without uh, having a plate that 
you have to order for yourself and finish yourself and this this way you actually can see a, an range of different tapas at this restaurant and and if something that you like you you choose you eat if you don't you pass it on and and then once it's done there's another more food coming and you and, you, and you're preparing all the plates for all, people all the uh, plates almost uh, almost to order exactly well like 80 percent is everything it has to prepare by order and then um uh Nothing is served, like I said, to in front of the customer service is served in the center of the table for everybody. And I'm, I'm sure there's some drama working with Richard De Silva. But what kind of <laughs> drama is there in your kitchen? There's always drama. There's no drama. It's boring. <laughs> there has to be a little bit of a drama, actually. Um, in the kitchen, there is. There's, it's myself every single day and, 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 and lots of people that be working here and, and kids that work around. My son works around and... Every time that they all have, they're all hands on on the food, helping me plate, obviously mm. prepping, and whoever is doing certain dish, and I'm just looking on the background, and I said, make sure there is drama on that place. Yes. Make sure they make it. Don't make it pretty, because they're not gonna believe us. <laughs> they <have to> make <laughs> don't it make it pretty. That make it sounds pretty. like Richard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Richard brought us a, a field blend, even calling it uh, Vino Bronco, uh, yeah. uh, which we're gonna get to. But what, what would you prepare for this? You know, multi how many varieties would you say is in the wine, Richard? There's several varieties in it, and uh, they're all co-fermented together, and they're they're very. Uh, Super fresh, super fresh, and and they're they're you know in 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 both uh, Spanish and, and and Portuguese culture, these are kind of the wines you would drink on a daily basis, yeah. and that's what was my my inspiration for that was drawing from my heritage, for a bull. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, almost that like one is your classic sardines, grilled sardines. Your bolinos de bacalao. Uh, people really like that with the uh, uh, the Peruvian style of ceviche. Uh, it's very well versatile with seafood, for sure. Yeah. Even the paella. I mean, that wine, it's, you can drink it. Really? We can easy. get paella here, too? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to take a while. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Look at <laughs> Richard's face. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's one of my favorite dishes here. <laughs> yes. It I'm does putting my order in now <laughs> yeah. for lunch. Yes. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's fantastic. Do you, and do you get a lot of comments from guests? Because, of course, it's not typical wine country food. They, they probably don't even expect it when they come here unless they've read yes, up a lot yes, about it. Yes, we have a lot of that. So the, the, our servers here, they have to they involve a little bit on little bit of education to the customers that, like I said, expect them to, this food comes right away and everything. It's not. You have to order 8, 12, whatever amount of food you want, and it comes in random order, and, and then how to tell them actually how to eat a sardine. So you don't have to eat all the bones and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. it's very interactive food that you have to, uh, uh, like I said, choose. And sometimes uh, I ha there's some there's some tapas there that they're just there just to to make to steer the pot to controversy like yeah. that. Yeah, pork feet. I love that. And what motivated you to move from Mexico to Canada? Uh, I came here first of all, like maybe most people, was a tourist, and I loved it. And then I love it and I decided not never go back. And I start cooking. And you must have found it very quiet in the Okanagan coming from Mexico. Very quiet. Yes, I was 10 years in Vancouver and then I moved here. Very quiet. And then, um, but I, I, I fell in love of the, uh, <laughs> the region. I, I see the potential back then. Yes. The vineyards, and that's what I, I, then I stay here in the Okanagan. And you would like more people to come and work for you from <laughs> Vancouver, right? I'd love to. Yes. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of opportunity here to find jobs. We, we would like to have more people here where we can. Absolutely. 
make our lives easier, yes. open longer. Yes. Absolutely. Let's talk about that. So people who want to come and stay at the kitchen, when is it open and how do they need reservations? How does all that work? Uh, we open for lunch seven days a week and dinners Monday to Saturday. Uh, and we recommend reservations. As you can see, it's a very small re uh, restaurant. Yeah. We have only 11 tables. So it fills up pretty, pretty fast and it fills up all day. So like tonight, we're full. Uh, tonight, thanks to this uh, radio show, I have to take a break. So I'm enjoying this. So we can take a, <laughs> as long as you want. We'll be back next week. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And I was going to just say, kind of a cool fact for a lot of people is Abul was actually uh, in his former restaurant was the very first client of our wines when we first started. Okay. Oh, really? Yes. So we've had a long, long relationship. One of his first vintages. Yeah. And we met in that restaurant. I remember you, yes. yes. You, you came to us at 7 or 8 around that. Exactly. Uh, you came and eat. Yeah, I was very impressed. Yeah. Where's I, this guy from, I thought? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, it, I, actually in that little, in that restaurant, I had a little uh, um, part of the menu where it was, it wasn't called tapas, but it was little like yeah. antipastos, little yeah. small yes. bites. So that, that, that part of the menu, I brought it here and make it bigger. Well, you had to go slow with the people, with the locals at the start. That's right. I think everybody's on board now. Exactly, exactly. So I tried to push the envelope there because I, I think it was too early. Yes. Yeah. But it was very slow. And then here I make it just bigger with the same yeah. concept. And Richard, important, do you, did you find a big difference when you started serving food at De Silva and get, getting people in and serving your wines oh, with that? Or? Certainly both complement each other. They both uh, added to the experience. I think that the, 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 the sum was greater than the parts. Yeah. Uh, uh, in this situation, I think what was interesting was the, the two cultures, the wine style that I create, the food that he creates. Because it's magical, we have so many people come here that just leave here go like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. Like they, and they, 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 I think it's just the, the fact that we're not pretentious about what we're trying to do. We're very, we're, we're, we, pro, we, we produce this food that's very honest. That's really about, you know, and the wines that kind of pair with that. And I think, I, I think we've, uh, stumbled on, on on a winning formula mm -hmm. for us it's just uh, continuing what we're doing and and, and and not overthinking it just if you just get a bull to do some work in the vineyard you really be uh, up in yeah. your game eh? <laughs> <I> don't, <laughs> don't do it it will never happen don't do it exactly it'll never happen you'll never be in the kitchen uh. Well, Abul, I was going to say you have to get back to the kitchen, but That's we're actually right. at the kitchen because the name is the kitchen. That's and, right. Uh, it's a great pleasure to meet you, and we can't wait Thank to you, taste Anthony. the food to, uh, after we're finished this uh, show. Absolutely. No pressure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. There's no pressure. Yeah, no, thank you, and yeah. I'm delighted to feed you guys. Yeah, great you, to meet you. When you come, you don't order. I'll feed you. Oh, okay. absolutely. That's what <laughs> I do here. We like it when you do it instead you know, of Casey. Uh, if picking you're gonna for have us. a good time, I'll yeah. feed you. Yes. Okay. Good. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Uh, well, folks, you've been listening to uh, Richard De Silva and to the chef here at the kitchen, uh, Abul Adami. He is uh, going to be cooking uh, all day and every day. I think all summer it's packed. You're actually pretty much booked out uh, a lot uh, for the summer. So definitely need, need reservations. Definitely recommend reservations. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, but more with Richard. We're going to get into the wines here at De Silva coming up next on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. 
With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Red Rooster Winery invites you to visit for a sensory journey from grape to glass. Take in the sweeping vineyard, lake, and mountain views from their cozy estate on the Naramata Bench. This month, Red Rooster is featuring their award-winning 2020 Rosé, paired alongside their new charcuterie tasting created by the Okanagan's own Joy Road Catering. Seated tastings are offered seven days a week from 12 till 5 all summer. Come for the views, stay for the wine. Visit redroosterwinery.com for more info. Casual, modern dining, exceptional Okanagan flavor. Introducing the most anticipated new eatery in the Valley, 15 Park Bistro at Watermark Beach Resort in Osuyus. Chef Nick Atkins and his team are ready to create an unforgettable dining experience for you, utilizing fresh local ingredients. 15 Park Bistro's lakeside patio with its unmatched views of Lake Osuyus is now open. Indoor dining available as well. For reservations and more, including full takeout menu options, visit 15parkbistro.com. Bold. Award-winning. Discover Gold. Our tasting room at Gold Hill Winery is open and ready to welcome everyone. Come explore our beautiful vineyard and reserve your unique and personal tasting of our exclusive small lot favorites. We can't wait to see you again and share our passion. Discover Gold. Gold Hill Winery on the beautiful Golden Mile Bench in Oliver. Online, goldhillwinery.com. Now, back to our Naramata Escape. From De Silva Vineyards and Winery on the Naramata Bench. Presented by Penticton Lakeside Resort. Everything you need to feel right at home. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. We like to party. Hello, British Columbia, and welcome back to the Naramata Bench in our province-wide summer road trip. This time we're on location at De Silva Vineyards and Winery uh, with the co-owner, Richard De Silva, and we are surrounded by wine now, Richard. We talked briefly about the Field Blend White. Uh, you, we popped open a red during the commercial break, so let's let's finish with the traditional, and then we're going to move on to the next series here. Yeah, so we, uh, we here uh, create three series of wines, the traditional, uh, Vinedo, and Legato, and, and what we tried initially here was our traditional, and it's inspired by... You know, Portuguese and some other regions of the world that do these field blends. We co-ferment them. They come from a one or two vineyards, uh, but they're all co-fermented together. So we harvest them, and then it de- doesn't matter what time they come in. We may harvest one a week or so before, put it in a vat, start fermenting. The next batch comes in, we throw it to the same vat, and just keep going until the whole batch, all the all the, the parcels have been fermented. Yeah. 
And then, um, which was heresy in the New World in the seventies and eighties. Like you picked your Chardonnay and you fermented it, and you never put anything else in there. And and all of a sudden, we discovered that the Old World maybe knew something we didn't. Yeah, I think in antiquity, we didn't have wine science to create uh, consistency in wines. There's a way from the field to create this consistency. Yeah, you may have different varieties in the vineyard that were doing really well that year, and some others not doing so well. But if you co-fermented them, you'd have a a kind of an average and so the next vintage might be different but each year you'd have a, a kind of a, a reliable tasty and, product and in portugal many of the vineyards were planted the, the vines were interplanted in the actual vineyard the, yep. they didn't even go from vineyard to vineyard so yeah, you could have 50 90 varieties in a, in a vineyard yeah. for sure so Love yeah that's, that's that's my inspiration that's why it's called traditional so yeah. it's co-fermented um, so the white was quickly give us some of the varieties. So Viognier, Pearl of Chaba, uh, Chardonnay, uh, Pinot Gris, yeah. um, and, and a couple other. Uh, I, I don't keep track of it. We just kind of whatever's coming off the field. Yeah, I'm trying to really purposely not track it now. Yeah, and and just throw them in the vat and just keep fermenting it. Great so. acidity and freshness, and then the vino tinto, the red. Would be what would some of the varieties be in that? Uh, yeah, we have uh, Cab Sauv, Merlot, Cap Franc. We're exciting that in the next couple of years we'll start introducing uh, Portuguese varieties into it as well to really make it really authentic. Uh, but it's it's done the same way too. We'll get the vineyard, we'll keep start harvesting them, start the fermentation process, and we'll actually uh, crush the grapes straight into a fermenting vessel that's already already fermenting already with other varieties in it. So wow. by the time you're done, you might have several eight varieties in a tank and you just keep adding it over top of it and it's yep. super cool and it's it's fantastic complexity of flavors and stuff like that so yeah. well now we're moving to one of casey's favorite wines mine too and this is another series now the veneto series yeah the, the, the chenin blanc yeah yeah so we, we 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 kind of focus on on three white varieties uh chardonnay chenin blanc and the sau blanc mm-hmm. and uh chenin blanc is is the longest uh uh, white variety I've worked with uh, from from back in the the old Declava vineyard, which is now Checkmate, and uh, this, these cuttings came from that vineyard, and uh, fantastic grape variety. I really love the complexity. It's a great food wine, and it really works well with what we're doing here at the kitchen. Um, and when you're sitting at the kitchen looking out, you can actually see the the Chenin Blanc vines at the they're at the top of the hill. I think. Yeah, we only have an cool. acre and a half approximately of this grape variety, so we don't have lots of it. So you'll never see a large production of this grape variety from yeah. us. But uh, I really love the it, it's it's food friendliness. It's such a, a, a great uh, you know wine with lots of structure that can go with almost any dish as well. And it lasts a long time. I actually opened up a 2009 bottle of this. It was blended with a bit of Yoni, and it was just magical. It had like these kind of Melba toast and, and, and yeasty, bready characteristics that I really yeah. love from old world wines. Yeah. And it still had tons of structure, which was amazing yeah. for me for a 2009 wine. So white. did that surprise you, tasting it? I think it did because for me, we always heard that, you know, you know, white wines, and especially from the New World and from the Okanagan, don't usually last very long. Yes. And what it shows that if you have these varieties that are planted, these unique pieces of soil, and they have, you know, yeah, you can grow this elsewhere, but if you want to have natural occurring acidity and phenolic ripeness, if it's from the right site, it will have the structure to age and, and evolve over time in the bottle. So, And, and the home site, is it Hidden Hollow Vineyard? Yes. That, that's the name of the home site vineyard. Yep. Yeah. It's, an, it's an old outwash uh, basin so it's an old glacial feature it, had, it was an old lake bottom at the bottom this particular block is growing on on what would have been the beach of that that little lake back uh 
many, many, and, many centuries ago. And Veneto, just for our, our the you know for our folks who maybe don't aren't familiar with the, the Portuguese terminology, it's very simple. Yeah, it's, it means vineyard. Yeah. So the the whole uh, point of the and it's the label that we're known most for. It's the it's our blue label. Um, that that wine is really focus on, on on vineyard in fact we're one of the only wineries that i know that actually geotags the actual longitude latitude of where the bottle is grown yeah we're really 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 detail oriented about telling a person where this is coming from you know psalms don't when psalms see that they don't sleep for about three days they just get so excited uh -oh. <laughs> it's, it's so i love it it's fantastic i, I want transparency that. i think yeah. gi is almost too too broad, too broad. About it. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're, 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 we really talk about the growers. For me, I have a very a strong connection and respect for growers. So if it's not done, this one happens to be by, by us. But other growers, I pay respect to them. To yeah. me, that's what's important. Who's growing it? Where is it from? That's what creates the wine. Um, my job is to try to, to guide that process as simply as possible. Well, take us through the next geotagged wine. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the Cab Sauve. Uh, grown in uh, our, it's actually called the Outwash Vineyard. It's another similar to this site, but it's in Oliver, right near the Oliver Airport. It's on a, what we call a central moraine. Uh, it's kind of where the it's the an outwash of tons of gravel. different soils. Yeah. It, it's a, it's one of those unique sites that it does have several very distinct terroirs in the site. From one side by the lake, it's got bull reeds, cool. Our Chardonnay grows there, um, but on the other side, where we grow Tariga National and Cab Sauv, is extremely dry um interesting about note about this this cab sauve is yeah. the texture it's unbelievable it's so soft and so gentle yeah I, cabernet I, it's for me i think the uh you know a lot of times people say the, the color is a bit lighter and i and i, I for me i don't that's I, exciting add a, i don't add a tinted ore to it yeah uh, i'm not trying to over extract it in the cellar i want to just make a very clean wine that reflects a terroir it's coming from without over manipulating the grapes in the, in the thing and i I think the the wine, the color betrays the palate. I think the palate has a lot more, you know, texture. It has, you know, yes. it has the depth, the texture, the complexity, but the color is almost Pinot-like in some ways. Yeah, it's in fact, I think the the color sometimes it, side by side glasses is almost unperceptible, which is kind of funny. It's uh, <laughs> uh, it comes down to how we grow it. Our our Pinot Noir is you know done up here with leafing. Richard, who are some of the producers and wines that have inspired you? Oh, some of the great classics from from the old world. Certainly, I, I, I you know, and also from California, you know, wines from Paul Draper, from from Ridge and Heights and Walter and those guys. Some of the wines from you know, Camus and Silver Oaks were certainly imprisoned from the New World. Um, back in the '80s and '90s, when those were like real cult followings, uh, when when the owners were really involved, you could mm -hmm. feel the soul. And that's the one thing I want to say about my wines. I think wine. You can feel the soul. I think you know what we want to do is show the soul of place in our wines, and mm -hmm. those guys had those. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, at, at that time, and some of the old world wines, some of the first, second growths from Bordeaux, I was very fortunate to have those wines. Uh, quite a bit, actually, which is which is you know pretty rare nowadays. It'd be impossible, and those wines all had a sense of soul. They had a, a sense of place. You could feel. There was something in the wine that 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 told you something about the place. Mm. I think the the, the 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 habit now of making a technically perfect wine in a cellar, for example, I think it's stripping a bit of soul out of the wine. The wine is technically perfect. It'll have perfect fruit. It'll have perfect yeah. acid. It'll have perfect, uh, uh, you know, TA and all these uh, pH and all those other kinds. But the wine 
I feel in, in, a lot of times because it is perfect, it lacks a bit of soul. And that's what I'm trying to create in my wines. I'm trying to create a sense of a sense of identity that you can feel that there's there's something a bit more special in the background that we're trying to do here, and and, and that's what we're trying to do. Uh, I want to just say we'll be right back. That was so beautiful, but oh. Richard. <laughs> We will be right back. We're going to discover, we're going to talk about the Legato series coming up next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. And uh, I want to jump back to the traditional because I want to know who designed this label that looks like a Portuguese train station to me. I just love uh, the tile work on that. Uh, but folks, we are coming to you live from Da Silva Winery. We're in the kitchen, on the kitchen, and at the kitchen uh, with Richard Da Silva and his wife, Twyla. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Stick around. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Hello, I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And this week's show comes to you from De Silva Vineyards and Winery. And Casey, our combination is just down the hill at Penticton Lakeside Resort. It's such a sensational place, right on the water. Yes, and we're in the West Wing with beautiful views. The rooms are so well designed. I just am amazed. I would take that room and put it in my home if I could. And one of the quietest places we stay every time we come to the Okanagan. Also, uh, the hooded merganser right out on the lake, so you get up early, you can have a fantastic uh, breakfast out on the patio and just sit there and watch the sun come up. And I just think it's a perfect place, and you're in the middle of the valley, you can go in any direction uh, from north to south, uh, everything's easy. It's just a it's just a wonderful spot to set up if you're going to explore uh, the Okanagan, especially nearby the Naramata Bench. And Tony, all the food is local, and you know there's wonderful farmers in this area yeah. that, that supply. And they have their own Valley View farm, so all the food there is grown uh, right for the property. Now, to book your stay, go to PenticktonLakesideResort.com. The Maipo Valley is a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. For an after-work escape any day of the week, the tasting room at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery is open every day till 8. Take your Mount Boucherie experience to the next level as you enjoy the view from the patio with stand-up or seated tasting overlooking beautiful Okanagan Lake. Grab some wine, cheese, and meats from the modest butcher market and create your own picnic on the lawn. Reservations are recommended. To book your next tasting, visit mtboucherie.com. It's a new normal. My husband and I want to get away. Need something to look forward to. So we decided to book a weekend away at a European wellness resort right here in BC. Plan an escape without leaving the province at Sparkling Hill Resort. Overlooking the beautiful Okanagan Valley. Relax and focus on your health and wellness at this luxury resort. Check out the immersive wellness packages available and learn more about this undiscovered gem today at sparklinghill.com. 
Experience award-winning wines on the covered patio at Tinhorn Creek Vineyards. The tasting room is open daily from 11 till 6. Elevate your experience with a black glass blind tasting. You can even add a charcuterie box. For exclusive VIP experiences, a Crush Club membership includes regular wine shipments, 15% off all purchases, early access to new releases, and admission to the Wine Club Lounge. Plus, Miradora Restaurant is open daily for indoor and outdoor dining. For details and reservations, visit tinhorn.com. Overlooking a beautiful 12-acre vineyard in the heart of the Cowichan Valley, the Unsworth Restaurant welcomes you to get away from it all. Enjoy a delectable menu and award-winning wines. In our dining room or outdoor patio, Unsworth Restaurant, vineyard dining where casual meets elegant. You can find Unsworth wines across BC. Look for us at your local liquor store. Visit unsworthvineyards.com. Now back to our Naramata escape from De Silva Vineyards and Winery on the Naramata bench. Presented by Penticton Lakeside Resort. Everything you need to feel right at home. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. That's just the way you make me feel. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We're live with De Silva Vineyards with Richard De Silva. Uh, we've had a fascinating hour. We're up to the top of the heap now, Richard. Uh, tell us a little bit about Legada or Legado. Oh, I guess. Legado, yeah, yeah, means legacy in, 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 in Portuguese. And the what I mean by that when I think about the Legado is that the, the wine is the legacy. Yeah. Not us or something else. The wine is the is the legacy of, of, of the of the combination of all of the, the hard work our families put together, and the knowledge of identifying the very best places to grow these varieties, and the very best to my abilities of, of crafting wines of these wines and to create this series. So the series is usually only four barrels of, for each variety. Um, they're uh, they're triaged over time, um, and we keep putting aside these barrels every six months. We keep identifying the best barrels until we identify the best four barrels from those vineyards. And it's uh, it's fantastic. It's been amazing to see. They're very different in structure and they're certainly gonna be more, a lot more elegant, a lot more kind of influenced by my love and and, and respect for old world wines in that yep. sense. And uh, yeah, they're, the, they're, they're hopefully the best representation of the very best of what we have. Uh, so yeah, it, it's 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 fantastic. These are available at the wine shop or through our wine club. We have uh, very limited production. These are hand labeled, hand uh, hand numbered. They're they're numbered series. Richard does it all winter when he's not too busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, why should we join your wine club? I think it it really allows people to have such a great diversity of wines from great dry sparkling wines to these great bold reds and some some elegant wines. In, in one wine club, you have access to like 12 to 16 wines that are that are that are super interesting. I think that people will, will love to have with their food and their, with their guests, and they're really limited. So, as the wine shop and our, our brand recognition, we only have an acre of some of these sites. You won't have and you, more. And you get a discount. And you get a discount. It's a 15% discount. Uh, we do release some library wines, and we do actually make some wines that are only exclusive to the wine club, like their Syrah Melbeck, for example. So. It's uh, and my wife hand packages these and 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 c- 
corresponds with each of our wine clubs personally. So this is the, our wine club is a very intimate. We we look at it as being, being people being part of our family. Yes. Um, instead of just a a, a database of, of people to buy wine. And if they come here, they get complimentary tastings for four guests four times a year. Yeah, and they and they uh, we've got some very 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 passionate uh, wine club members that have been with us since the beginning. Uh, it's certainly changed when, when my wife has come on board now. They love the personal one-on-one that we're, we're, we present. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're passionate because these wines are very limited. They're very small production, 200 cases on average. Mm. And the only way to, to really get these wines is to be part of the wine club in some instances. And no initiation fees. No initiation fees. I mean, if you commit to um, to, your, to your purchases, we, we, we there's nothing there. there and we we're super excited because... We have even if you do a case, get free uh, free shipping, which is a big bonus for people. So, uh, well, we've been talking about being here on the bench, but actually, you're like two minutes from downtown Penticton. Uh, yeah, people just come up the bench and uh, follow the road up till uh, Upper Bench Road. That's the easiest way to find you. Is that yeah. correct? Or? Yeah, super close to town. We're like literally two minutes away from 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 Penticton, and uh, it's very convenient. So if somebody's staying in in, in town. You want something a bit unique, uh, dining or a wine tasting experience. Uh, people just seem to really, uh, you know, love what we're trying to do here, and we hope they love what we're doing. And uh, yeah, we're super close to to. You can walk here. You can bike to here if you're so inclined. It's just so you, so handy. Yeah, you can pedal here. You can <laughs> crawl here. <laughs> we, we take everyone. No, <laughs> no, but uh, I think I think ultimately it's just, it's a it's a convenient spot where where you can just feel relaxed. Mm have access to some amazing wines without uh we're almost out of time richard what, what about the future like i know you you say slowly slowly so is it, it's more of the same or is there something that you're really focused on or i think that's the thing about what we want to do and you're going to see from this uh you know from this this journey uh De silva is going to be about staying the course perfecting what we're doing uh not changing course i think that that's something we want to keep perfecting our craft, perfecting our, our, our vineyards and, and our focus on these unique vineyards and not deviating from that. I think we want to mm-hmm. we want to have build a foundation that that people will know us for what we're doing and not coming out with it. There's always kind of sometimes this thing to kind of go off and try new things all the time. Um, and I don't mind experimenting, but subtle changes. But I think just staying the course and perfecting what we have in front of us right now is, is, is our goal. And yeah. how can we get a bottle of your 2017 Malbec Syrah? Uh, that, you have to be part of our wine club. And you can go onto our website at uh, www.desilvavineyards.com and then click on the, on the wine club link and it'll take you to the, to, the, to, to the wines that are available for wine club. This is exclusive to that. You can try the wines at the kitchen though. It is available for people to try on the kitchen if you're here dining. Uh, but a lot of people are, you know, always like, "Oh, well, we want to buy that later." And they, like, "Nope, you got to be part of a wine club." So it's uh, <laughs> good. Would Would you be available to go to Lisbon, uh, Sydney, London, and New York, perhaps to talk about British Columbia the wines the way they should be talked about? I would certainly love that. I think it's uh, there's there's some some great history and, and things that we're really proud of in the Okanagan that uh, I would be honored by doing something like that for sure. Richard, we need it. We need you to do that. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, it's been fantastic, uh, both you and Twilight, for hosting us today. We, uh, we're going we're gonna to stick around and have lunch and taste a bunch of wines. But for people who've been listening, really, uh, you need to just drop by and get have your own experience here at De Silva Wines. Dead easy to do, a couple minutes out of Penticton. You might even see Richard if you're lucky. 
because uh, I believe he's here 24-7. Hands-on. We're hands-on. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I know Twyla's here. So. She's here as well. Yeah, we're, we're, we pride ourselves in being approachable to, to our guests. Uh, we're hands-on. Yeah. Richard, thanks so much for your hospitality and your, your, your wonderful wines. It's been, it's been terrific. Thank you. That's our show for today, folks. Next week, we travel south from our location here on the Naramata Bench uh, to a unique new concept for exploring wines in British Columbia. It's called District Wine Village, and it's located at the edge of the town of Oliver. We'll be there on location. Uh, from all of us at the BC Food and Wine Radio Show, I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And have a great weekend. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.